Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to Laugh, episode 154. Uh, this week we're reviewing the movie Warcraft from director Duncan Jones. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table, as always, is Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. <laughs> you sort of ran out of breath there. Yes, I, I always try and do it on one breath. You got right into the movie right away, too. Yeah, I, I like introducing it. Uh, this movie, Warcraft, is based on the video game War of or uh, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Popular multiplayer online experience. There was also that like board game that was real popular, right? Really? Before oh, yeah. or after the? Before. Huh. So Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, that, kind of that style. But so they maps, parlayed. Little figurines. Oh, yeah. I think that they, I've, I saw that somewhere uh, when I was doing some research on this, but I thought that that came after the uh, online game, the multiplayer game online. I thought it was before. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, we have to be very careful that we don't offend any gamers out there because... If they're seeking out a review of the movie Warcraft, it might be because they potentially really like Warcraft. And they will, we will, I will at least, easily expose myself as a neophyte and idiot when it comes to anything concerning this world or this sort of, I don't know, uh, diversion. Is that, is that insulting to call it a diversion? This form of entertainment. So I, I just okay. want to be careful. I'm just going to put so, that out there. So I, you have not played the video game? No. I have not played the video game either. I think our experience combined with World of Warcraft is we saw that video, Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Guns up! Leroy Jenkins! Yeah, I, I think I also saw a South Park episode where they made fun of Warcraft. I know it is a cultural reference point, and I can understand the, the draw of getting lost in a virtual world and going on these adventures. I kind of like the epic struggle between human beings and... Um, these mythical creatures. I mean, it goes orcs all the way back. Elves, to, yeah, dwarves. orcs and elves is sort of newer, newish, I suppose. But I mean, I was thinking about going all the way back to ancient epics, you know, with Odysseus and Hercules and Achilles and all those guys running around. Odysseus is especially fighting monsters and Hercules. So, I mean, that's I kind of I think those are the precursors for something like this. So, any swords and sorcery you're in. No, <laughs> no, not really. But I, I, I'm willing to give it a, a pass in terms of its being what it is. And I guess I can talk about it in those terms. Again, we talked about The Lobster last week. And that movie, for me, was a little bit diff- difficult to categorize. How how do you categorize this movie? Uh, fantasy, I think, is the genre it fits into. I mean, it's also a, it's based on a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings Light... Uh, apparently the plot from imdb is the peaceful realm of asroth stands on the brink of war as its civilization faces a fearsome race of invaders orc warriors fleeing their dying home to colonize another and apparently this was one of the storylines early on in the video game and the novelizations of this right and so all these characters that we're seeing in the movie whether it's uh Lothar, Medivh, these are all major characters in the Warcraft lore. I guess, so my question to you is, do you play with these characters on World of Warcraft or don't you know? I believe you interact with them. So you interact with them on a different level than than you you don't become those players and play with them. Because that that makes for a different experience, I think, when you're watching a movie, if you're used to, to, to sort of manipulating these characters to do the things you want them to do. I guess I can talk about that later in a general sense. But my my feeling about the movie is, uh, if you if you think of it as a video game movie, it reaches a higher. Um, I think it has more critical appeal, or I can I can give it more of a pass mm-hmm. than if you compare it to a f- like a epic fantasy movie. If you put it into that genre, then it gets a little bit harder to to be positive about it. I think. All right. So. You're of mixed opinion on this. I mean, I guess we should just jump into reviews. Yeah, yeah. What did you think then? Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been I've been struggling with it ever since I watched it. I went with my dad to go see it, so he, he was completely lost in the plot. And I mean, my, I'm, I'm fifty. My dad's seventy, you know, seventy four or whatever. So it's not really his kind of movie. But 
there was so much exposition going on in the movie and so much talking about what was going to happen next. And they were using, there were so many references to proper nouns and people and places that maybe were on the screen or weren't on the screen, or you wouldn't know they were on the screen or not. You wouldn't know exactly where they were. And sometimes there were little like cards in the corner of the screen telling you where you were in comparison to other places. But I never really did get a feeling that I, 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 I never did feel caught up to it. Feel like there was they were packing in too much stuff, so I was having a hard time struggling through the movie. I began to appreciate it more afterwards, and after talking about it several over you know three or four days with you, and even over dinner with my dad, there are some positive things that I like about it. Um, but then there, I'm not sure if the good outweighs the bad. But I, I, I'm willing to talk about the things that I like about it. What was your general point of view about it? Uh, I liked it. I thought it's a popcorn flick. There is a lot of background information it would help to know going into this film, and I wasn't really interested in knowing about it generally with fantasy for whatever reason. I'm not interested, like all the Lord of the Rings films. I don't care. I'll just go and watch them. Hopefully, you know, I get enough out of the movie that I can kind of tell what's going on. In this movie, I felt like I knew what was going on from scene to scene, I knew what character motivations were. If you asked me to go and explain the whole movie, I don't think I could do that. But I don't think I could do that with Captain America's Civil War, and that's a movie I felt like I I understand who all the characters are and what all their motivations were before I went into the film. Hmm. But there's so much plot, and there's so many little twists and turns, and they keep going from location to location. See, I never got lost in Captain America's Civil War, and I had the same level Could you of, explain it? I think I could explain it better than this. After the movie was over, I could explain the motivation. I, I, from scene to scene, and then they went here. Like, well, why I mean, was there the bombing at the UN and that? Uh, you know, stuff no, like I, that. I'd have trouble. I could, I could, I could go back and reconstruct it, but at least it's in a world that I understand and know. I don't understand the, or know the world of Azeroth and Gul'dan and Stormwind and all that other stuff. But, <sighs> well, let me put it a different way then. I used to watch the show 24 and that just has ridiculous plot lines because you have to have a twist every 15 minutes in that show and it's 24 episodes hour long. If you try to summarize everything that happened over the course of a season in that show, it becomes ridiculous. But as you watch it episode to episode, it works on a minute by minute basis. It doesn't work when you can step back from the whole thing and take it all in. I think Warcraft is more like 24 in that regard. Well, I agree with you there. I mean, we one of the one of the small points that I find difficult with the movie is is its abundance of plot and exposition and all that. But I have to disagree with you on in terms of motivations, because that's one of the main things that bothered me about the movie is that a lot of times I didn't understand why characters made certain choices and or what would spur those decisions on, and I had a I had a big problem with it. I mean, I was so conflicted about why this character was doing that or that doesn't make any sense for this character. And in the end, there are big, huge plot points where characters to me acted completely unmotivated. I'm, th- I'm thinking specifically about Medivh, the the guardian, sort of a wizard analog to a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. Uh, he was completely mishandled as far as i'm concerned and um i saw that as a sort of a weakness in the movie but i don't know i might be wrong you see um, strength. this is a big action film uh huge battle scenes i would say they rav- they rival the size of lord of the ring battle scenes and, and you know i don't have all the special effects numbers but tons and tons of mm-hmm. cgi characters going at it Flying all over, we get epic sweeping shots on almost completely CGI. This movie was filmed back two years ago, and they've been doing CGI work ever since. Mm-hmm. Did the action scenes uh, live up to what you expect now in an action film, and what we've been seeing from them? Um, the well, the action is something. See, this is again. Yeah, if you haven't been able to notice, I'm conflicted. There are some things about. The, the visual imagery that I liked and some of the action conveyed by the visual imagery and the visual effects. The visual effects were, were very good in a visual effects movie. Some of the battles, some of the key conflicts, not so much. 
uh, it seemed they were doing things by rote or I was let down by it. I'm thinking specifically of there's a, um, a creature who's without really spoiling anything, who's made of, of clay mm-hmm. at the end. And he's, a, he becomes an action set piece in a, you know, sort of a smaller part of a bigger action set piece. He was so mishandled for me. It didn't, I was sort of let down by that. I mean, they set that character up. The, you know, it's like Chekhov's gun, you know. He, That's exactly what I thought. Right. And, and, yeah. And so I was let down by that. And then there's the key conflict at the end of the movie between one of the humans, uh, the main human character played by uh, Travis Fimmel mm-hmm. as uh, Lothar. Lothar. And he goes up against uh, Blackhand. And, tw- you know, at some point in the movie, several points in the movie, that, that becomes the key conflict, the, the key uh, man versus man conflict or man versus orc conflict is uh, his interactions with Black Hand by Clancy Brown. And their final interaction is just, uh, just sort of like, yeah, that happened. And and not really that impressed. So some of the some of the visual images were great. I thought it was great as a visual imagery. I'm not sure as action fighting scenes how far I'm willing to say this is good compared to other, like, America's Civil War. Captain America's War. Yeah, I think Civil War benefits from the fact that none of the characters really have sharp weapons. So it's easier to do combat scenes in a PG-13 movie. In this film, lots of swords, lots of slashing. You know, all the humans especially have swords. Mm -hmm. So they had to be very careful about the camera placement. A lot of characters get stabbed, but they almost always get stabbed from behind as the camera's facing straight on to them. Mm -hmm. So you can tell a blade is going into their back, but you don't have to see it. You don't have to see the blood. Part of that also has to do with the rating. Yeah, but I mean, that's what you have to do for PG-13. So you have to cut away from the best angle sometimes, you know, or the the money shot that I think the audience wants for some of the action because you have to hide that blood. There is some green blood from the orts from time to time, Mm -hmm. but... I think Duncan Jones, the director, was very judicious in, in trying to hide that, but make us feel like we actually saw the blade striking mm-hmm. the enemy mm-hmm. when really we didn't. You know, it was carefully blocked in that way. And, and they, they employed a number of different techniques to hide that from us. Yeah. I, one of my big complaints in action movies like this, summer popcorn typey movies, is that the CGI has a tendency to bump me out of a movie. And leading into this, I talked about how the trailer didn't look that good. Mm-hmm. Like, it was either too cartoony or too... It just didn't look finished and polished. When I was at the movie, though, I was never once bumped by the CGI. The combination of CGI and story was good. The letdown was in the story and the plot for me. But the CGI itself, even though I knew I was in a fantasy world, and it was... I mean... Back of my mind, I'm not thinking, ooh, these are real orcs that they photographed. <laughs> like some people thought they actually went into space to film gravity. I, I, I you know, I'm able to make that distance uh, or to make those or what is it called? Uh, suspend my disbelief enough. But I'm st- I was still kind of drawn into the world. And that's why I think this this movie has a lot of potential or the, the series does anyway. I mean, I, there will be sequels to this, even if the for no other reason than that they have that mass appeal overseas. Didn't uh top selling movie in China yeah. by I don't know, orders of magnitude over what it made here, right? I think we made like thirty five million here and three hundred and fifty million in China or something like uh, that. it made twenty six million opening weekend here. It's made two hundred and eighty million yeah. overseas. So essentially orders of magnitude. Oh yeah. Uh China they just bought the rights to do the pay per view, the streaming content. For this movie, they paid fourteen million just for the Chinese rights. Huh. So I mean, so that, like what the Chinese equivalent of Netflix or something? Yeah, whatever their streaming huh. market is. Whatever so fourteen million on that. The movie right now, as of June thirteenth, is at two hundred eighty million. It needs apparently to break four hundred fifty million to break even. Oh, I mean, it has to. Are they adding in the fourteen million for streaming in China? I don't know if they're... No, they haven't added that into the bots office yet, but I'm sure it'll do well on streaming. Well, it hasn't even opened in, I think, 20 countries. I think mm-hmm. it's going to open in either 55 or 65 countries somewhere, so there's still some other countries it needs to open in. Yeah, but 
I'm interested to see what legs this film has. I think it can go north of 600 million. That still puts it pretty far shy of Lord of the Rings, which I think is the most direct comparison to this film. Uh, I was telling people who were asking me about the film, I said it's a combination of Avatar meets Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, th- I think that gives you the best feel for what you're going to see in this film. So it's a mixture of like rotten eggs and a milkshake. <laughs> I, I don't... You, you, My love of Avatar is, has been out there for a while, but uh, Lord of the Rings, I like... I'm not... This might be better than some of the Lord of the Rings movies, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Lord of the Rings is the gold standard for fantasy, I would argue. I would say now, you're right in terms of uh, box office, movie, like film cinema, but mm-hmm. compared to Game of Thrones, what they've done on HBO, I'm not sure that that's not better <laughs> for a triple negative there. I, I think Game of Thrones is much better in terms of setting up a world. They've had longer time, obviously, and they've been able to stretch it out over time, but if you take any any one series and set it next to this this series next to this movie, I think you can see the differences in terms of uh, production and and especially casting. For me, casting is a big problem I have with this movie, and I I am not sure if it's a fair criticism because I I I do recognize that there's an earnestness here with all of these characters. I just think that. Almost all of them are miscast. I and if I compare them to other movies like or television shows like Game of Thrones or movies like uh, Lord of the Rings, I, I have to say that there's that I don't think that there's any one character or one actor or actress that you could pull out of this movie and set them into those other worlds and they would fit. Some of these some of these actors look like um, rejects from uh, like uh, soap operas and they just somehow wound up in a fantasy movie. Epic fantasy. I think a lot of these people are decent, even good actors. And I think they were cast at a time when their careers were on an upswing. And I I, I think this was not bad casting back in 2012, 2013. Now, a couple years later, these people's careers really haven't been on the upswing. The only person who's really doing something, I would say, is Dominic Cooper. He's the star on Preacher now. I think he's pretty good. And pretty fun to watch. I, think I don't think he was creature. great in this movie. Yeah, I think he's horrible in this movie. I don't know if he's horrible. Apparently, there's also 40 minutes that got cut out of this film. And this is short for this type of epic popcorn film. I mean, nowadays, these movies are supposed to be two and a half hours, three hours. This is two hours and three minutes. I don't think I could have taken another two and a half minutes of this movie but i know one of the things you had told me before the show was you thought the human characters weren't uh fully fleshed out i feel like a lot of those scenes were cut out especially the scenes between lothar and his son like you barely find out he has a son and you're like oh oh he's in the military too huh they don't explain that stuff very well they don't really ever have a strong father-son bonding scene yeah, I don't know if that's because there's no analog equivalent to the orc side, which I think, I don't know, I think that Duncan Jones Estated and Blizzard Entertainment, the, the owners of this property, want to make sure that they're even-handed with their approach to the two sides mm-hmm. of uh, of the this world, that there's good and bad in both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they paid off on that. If they wrote a, che- they may have written a check for that, but we can't cash it because there's nothing to distinguish to to distinguish necessarily between these orcs in this movie and uh, orcs in Lord of the Rings. As far oh as no, concerned. we have a whole lot more time with them. We get to know a family. Dortan, we we see his wife. They have a child together. And if you want to go back to decent actors, Toby Kebbell, we both liked him in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He played Koba in that. Well, I liked him as an ape. <laughs> I don't even know what he yeah, looks like. But I mean, like. to hire that guy, you know you're doing a motion capture film. That's a strong pick. I mean, at least on paper. Well, Andy Serkis is notab- noticeably missing. He is. Wouldn't that be great, though, name. if he's like the eighth orc from the right? <laughs> he might be. He might have showed up in there. I, yeah. I, I think the movie tries to make you side sometimes with the orcs, but it doesn't, it doesn't service that. It doesn't, it doesn't. I, I don't think of these orcs as being any as being 
complex and basically good and human beings as being complex and not basically good, but having, you know, similar elements of good and evil. I mean, at the end, if you looked, if you went back from this movie and you thought, oh, they're trying to establish a level of ambiguity here or some complexity in the two sides, I, I don't think most of the audience is going to side with the orcs or they're, they're not. They're, most of the North American audience? Because I was about to ask, what do you think about like that Chinese audience? Well, I'm, I'm saying the way the movie works. The movie still sets them up as being invaders and uh, usurpers and murderers. And they they try to imbue them with a sense of integrity and honor, but then they they sort of contradict any of those elements that might be admirable or any of those sort of features that I think at one point, well, I guess we kind of have to save some of this, but they know that they're going, they, mm-hmm. all right, we don't have to save this part of it because this is the first 15 minutes of the movie. In order to get to this new world that they're going to raid and pillage, they need to suck the life force out of an entire race of people on another planet. And they're perfectly willing to do that. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of question as to whether or not they should. And uh, one of the characters who's half human or half humanoid and half orc uh, has a conversation with one of these poor creatures who's a mother who says, just save my child. She wants to hand it through the cage. And they're like, no, we need that. And then they suck the life out of them, open the portal, and a few of them are able to go to Asgaroth or whatever, or Azeroth. To me, that's horrifying. I like, on a level of evil, that's right up there at the top. There's no sort of... They're just, I mean, to play devil's advocate, they're a warrior culture. And you enslave the people that you uh, capture in battle. Uh, okay i mean but the humans the humans in this movie don't don't do that all the humans are warriors they don't they're fighting against one of the things they try and do is they're trying to capture an orc alive okay is that what i mean and the ones that they don't capture alive the only reason they haven't done that is because they've slaughtered them because they don't their, their leave home any has survivors. Been because their home has been invaded. Yeah, but they could have just t- said, no, go back home. Slapped them on the butt with the broadside of their sword. Instead, but they could they just murder. <laughs> wait a minute. So you're wait. saying the other people are bad wait. because they don't murder right away. The humans are better because they do murder, right? Uh, I don't. I don't. I it's think delayed. that defending your homeland is not necessarily murder. I, I don't think most people would agree with you on that. The orcs come into this. Well, it's not like they have to be like, hmm, we're gonna have to make some armor and some weapons. No, they've got a whole bunch of knights. The lead human is a knight. The king is a warrior king, right? But they who they, does a lot of murder. I, <laughs> I think self defense does not qualify as murder. Your analogy doesn't work. You have an invading force coming to your villages and raping and pillaging and capturing all of the surrounding villages of your kingdom. And then you go off in order to repel those invaders. That doesn't make you a murderer. That doesn't. Yeah, you've committed murder. You so have if, killed. That's not murder. So if someone breaks into your house and steals your child, sucks the life force out of him, and then comes back for your wife and you shoot him, you're a murderer? Yeah. But okay, I'm justified right, in I guess, it. I guess we have a difference of opinion. But it's also the war constitutes murder. But if you're saying you do what you need to survive and you know to to defend the ones you love, the orcs are only trying to survive. Their world is dead. They can't stay there. They have to move on. But and it just orcs, so happens that someone is in their way. But one of the orcs realizes that this is not the way, and he decides to try to make an alliance. But he has with, no future plan. It doesn't matter if he is a good planner or not. He at least recognizes that when we do these things as orcs and when we steal and rob and pillage and burn and rape the land, uh, we are we are destroying ourselves as well. And then and then they try to set them up as being honorable and uh, like there's no is there no word word for lying and orcing? Yeah, but it, come on, there, that's there are, ridiculous. No, I think. Uh, the main orc guy, uh, what's his name? Dor- Dortan. Dirt, yeah. Dortan. He still believes in war. He just doesn't like their leader. He thinks their leader is evil because of the magic that that guy's using. He the just magic want... that he used to save his child? He didn't save the child. He just he just grabbed the child. Oh, oh, when the kid wasn't breathing, he just thump on the chest a little. Uh, he stole the life force out of an innocent deer. You didn't know that. Try some CPR first. 
I, I feel sorry of anybody besides myself. I feel most sorry for the deer. <laughs> but he wants to get rid of that leader because he feels that the guy's magic is evil. Not what they're doing is evil. No, I Setting think up he, a colony. No, he recognizes there. that, okay, you can set up a colony, you can have your own horde there. I think he recognizes that it's better to make an alliance with the human beings. So that they can take so out the evil reality. wizard, dude. The, their own wizard, their own yeah. orcan wizard or orcish yeah. or whatever? They, right. He wants to take out I that guy. I think we're getting into some, some spoiler territory. I guess I'm kind of scared of that, but... Of spoiling this? Yeah, nah, I mean, I'd like to talk about spoilers, but I don't know if we've talked enough about the well, movie itself. I mean, if anything, I think we're telling people pay attention to the character motivations, which I thought were completely clear, and you said earlier on you were a little confused on. Uh, and it would be right. interesting to hear from the readers and see what they thought. Of well, it. all right, so... The readers, yes, they listen to the closed caption version of this podcast. <laughs> I meant the listeners. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to dance around this without spoiling it. Um... There are a lot of negative, uh, positive things I can say about the movie are it's a good special effects movie. I'm not bumped by the CGI. I think that there's an earnestness to uh, Duncan's directing. I think all of the actors wanted to do a good job and they were they were invested in making something better than what it turned out being. There's potential for the series. I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing these characters when they do interesting things. I liked some of them. They just didn't do enough interesting things for me. So, so if you hear there's going to be a sequel, are you interested? As interested as I was in seeing this. So, because you're not going to watch the trailer. I won't watch the trailer. I'll wait. Well, I I did watch the trailer for this, and then I went to go see the movie. I guess they did effective marketing on that because nothing major was spoiled. But it's kind of hard to spoil such a convoluted plot. And yeah, you know, so anyway, I'm I was perfectly willing to come in and say positive things about this movie. You have to admit this is one of the best fantasy movies ever made. I, I put it up there as one of the best comic or uh, video game movies ever made. That too, but that's like being the fiercest rabbit. You know, I mean, aside from Mortal Kombat, what other video game? Movies oh, I thought we were talking game? about rabbits. <laughs> other than the rabbit from Monty Python. The Holy Grail. That's the other thing that some of these actors acted like they were in a Monty Python movie. The the main guy you talked about, Dominic Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed to me like he was right out of a Monty Python movie, and not in in, in a sort of um, ironic way, like a knowing ironic way. It's like, ha ha, I know that I'm the king in this movie, and I will behave as such. And then uh, it's another sort of criticism of mis miscasting, but. What was your original question? Will I go see the second? Yeah. Or are you going to be excited to go see a second? Not excited, one? no. Passively entertained, maybe. It'll be interesting to see when they get around to doing a sequel. If this took two years of post production, originally they had started uh, announcing that they were making this movie back in 2006 with a, a release date of 2009. That got moved back. Uh, Duncan Jones got involved in 2013 on this. Originally, Uwe Boll was supposed to be one of the directors. Oh, he wanted to do this as one of his would, would video like game to see adaptations. One of those movies? No. Oh, and uh, Blizzard told him to just buzz yeah. off. We're not selling you the rights. Go away. And he was hurt by that. Apparently. Let me ask you this: If so, are you are you interested in a sequel? Yeah, I, right. I think so. With that being said, which character are you interested in, or which character or characters are you interested in seeing? In another movie. Because I can tell you this. I'm interested in the world. Maybe some of the CGI. Personally, I'm not interested in seeing any of these characters again. Are you? I wouldn't mind seeing some more of Lothar. Apparently, it's also going to branch out into some of the other species. I'm fine with Uh, that. The the dwarves and the elves. uh, The mystic mages who live in their sky world. Uh, I just rolled my eyes like you roll your eyes. For me... This was as convoluted as Lord of the Rings was. And I probably liked this movie more than the original Lord of the Rings. Like, this felt like it had a conclusion where the first Lord of the Rings movie, I'm like, oh, okay, they're just going to stop after the boat ride. All right, come back for the next film. That's like I told my mom, I said, when we went to see the first Lord of the Rings movie. Is that a spoiler? Movies. Well, not Lord. You can't spoil Lord of the Rings because they know it's a part of a trilogy, right? So you can't spoil the first third of a movie or a series. All right. I told my mom, um, now, Mom, I knew the you know, Lord of the Rings thing. I said, listen, 
you're, you you might be disappointed when the movie ends because it's not going to be the ending. It's going to carry on to the next movie, so you might be disappointed at the ending. You know when it ends. Two and a half later, two and a half hours later, she turns to me and she goes, "I'm not disappointed that this movie is ended." <laughs> so I kind of feel the same way about uh, Warcraft, although I'm willing to give it a tepid go to. If if you're prone to go see these kinds of movies, you should go see it. Why not? I, I don't understand why. I mean, you can't compare it to The Godfather or even like Nice Guys mm-hmm. or even another uh, a fantasy movie. I, I think um, like Undine is a fantasy movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's no Odd Thomas, but... Have you watched Odd Thomas? No, yet? I haven't seen Odd Thomas. <laughs> You're missing out on a fine film. <laughs> who's uh, going to see Odd? Who's going to break first? Me seeing Odd Thomas or you seeing Up? I'll watch up at some point. There's no reason why I haven't watched up. I right. just haven't gotten to it. Um, oh, you still haven't answered my question. Sorry. Would I go see who, this? Who do you care about? This left. You said, I said you Lothar. Did say Lothar. I, I kind of like. Any of the others? No. Not the Garona Halforsen played nah, by Paula Patton. No. Nah, she's a half, half uh, orcan woman. Yeah, and they, you... they were careful not to say that she's half human. Apparently, you're led to believe she's half human in the video game and... She's some other race. The oh wow! Holy crap! Dray now that Nelly? does count as a spoiler. Neely, you know those were the race that they destroyed in the first planet. Oh, those are the little blue yeah. Avatar-like yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what you... does blue and green make? Purple? Shouldn't she be purple? No, because aren't orcs all different colors? Some are brown, some are green, some are. All right. I, 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 to me, she looked like a ripoff of She-Hulk. So you weren't oddly attracted, like sort of weirdly attracted to her no some sort of not with that underbite <laughs> she was i thought she was pretty hot though all right to each their own sir <laughs> no aside from the orkin stuff her outfitting was not wonderful but I, I was like weirdly conflicted because i saw the orcs and i saw some of the human beings you know and i'm like which way did it go to create this creature like who mated with whom and then how <laughs> and then you know how did they create this thing so it's obviously more human-like than orkin but now you're you've spoiled everything and told me she has no human in her at all no human are these even called humans yeah they're humans as far as i know <laughs> okay I sorry mean, I, Again, I don't know why they're establishing ourselves as complete noobs at <laughs> video gaming yeah. world of warcraft stuff no i i think all this stuff works fine it doesn't make me want to play the video game. It and does? I think it doesn't. And oh, okay. I think that's one of the things they were hoping, that this was going to rekindle excitement into the online video game world, which is down to only 5 million users. In Apparently US. at its height, it was over 13 million. That's got to be higher than that overseas. It's, that's got to be a domestic number. I, I guess. I, I don't know. But it's a monthly charge. Huh. And there have been people playing this game for 10 years or something. So I mean, you you talk about making some money. Hmm. All right. So um, fails on that account too. Yeah. Uh, I I think you know I give this a, a light thumbs up if we want to go to the old Siskel and Ebert rating scale. Yeah, I say if you if you're into this sort of stuff, then yeah, go see it. I don't know. I, if you're gonna be if you're a gamer, if you're a Warcraft gamer, maybe you're gonna be disappointed with it. Maybe you're I mean, not. I don't but you also go decision. in thinking it's just a popcorn film. My expectations for this are are the same way I feel about Independence Day that's coming out later this month. Right. I'm not looking at it as to be serious fair. It's just popcorn, yeah, bunch of special effects. I would be surprised if I like Independence Day more than I like this movie. And I've still given this movie a 2 out of 10. I think I'm going to like Independence Day. All right. Because fair it's enough. going to have all the starship fighting scenes of Star Wars without any of the Star Wars. Right. <laughs> Are we going to try to spoil some of this stuff? Because I yeah. can talk about it. There's about that. Sure, sure. Let's let's spoil. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. The uh, main problem that I have with it, I think, is that everything in it seems to be servicing something else. Sort of like you said, they want to entice more video gamers, or they want to have a film universe or a series. So they're, they're trying to service a different audience or a different plot line or another movie. They're trying so hard to build a universe that it just seems apparent. They're only trying to build a universe and not really 
it's not happening effortlessly. Like, um, for example, at one point in the movie, one of the characters is told that in order to be successful, he must rely on his friends. This was, uh, towards the end of the movie, um, the, the madge or the magic, the, the other, the, the mm-hmm. sort of apprentice guardian is told, I can't remember his uh, name, but Had- Hadgar, Hadgar. Yeah. He's told he must rely on his friends. There's nothing in the movie that established that, that they that they were friends at all. It's not apparent to me that any of the characters are friends. I'm hard pressed to remember any relationship between the human beings that wasn't forced or stilted. And so that's that is that a problem in acting or is that a problem in the story? I, I don't know. I don't, uh, the one thing that bothered me, I, I said, you know, the action's pretty good. I didn't see much craft of war in this. <laughs> it wasn't. It unless, was just it was just run for it and smash. Well, unless there's a whole lot of sitting around talking about what you're going to do or what what's important. But there were no real like battle tactics. You flank them from the right. We'll charge there, there ahead. There were some and hold of those things though. I, I I didn't really get enough Warcraft out you, of Warcraft. You wanted the first two and a half minutes of the Leroy Jenkins uh, video. Yeah, I, I would like something <laughs> like that. Because that's kind of what I was picturing when they're all standing around in the war room saying we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Well, and, and apparently there were a lot of homages, like that opening scene between the orc and the human they're getting ready to fight. Uh, that was from the teaser trailer from two or three years ago. Oh, okay. See, again, a service to something else. It struggles to be a universe that and re- it's operating like that's already in place, which it is, I guess, for the gaming world, but it's not if you're just a movie goer. But don't you have to do that if you're going to bring in that hardcore fan base? No, because they're going to go see it anyway when they see the title Warcraft. I mean, look at what happened in China. They, they but they actually to love it. it. It's doing very well in their Rotten God, Tomatoes. They must be so starved for entertainment over there. I have no idea that, or it hits some sort of cultural um, value that we just don't have here. It just speaks to them better. Um, but I mean, the other thing is that's scary is. If Hollywood knows they can bring a movie over to China and it can be of this level and do hundreds of millions of dollars, do they stop caring so much about the North American market? Yeah, I don't know why there aren't more Chinese, you know, human being characters in there. Why isn't the main warrior a Chinese person? Yeah, I mean, uh, Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier. There's that scene early on when uh, Captain America is writing down notes in his notepad of things to catch up on since he's been asleep. They had a different list for uh, different markets. Oh, smart. so it was all like cultural values and stuff. Um, you know, if it was over in China, it was oh, check out Bruce Lee. Well, don't you think that the uh, inclusion of the main actors in of the raid in uh, Star Wars: Force Awakens, and one scene mm-hmm. that group of actors shows up? Don't you think that's in service to? Oh, um, I think that's just Abrams liking those guys. Really. He put in a bunch of people. Uh, Daniel Craig, Bond, is one of the stormtroopers. <laughs> right, but that, I think he, Daniel Craig wanted to do that. Yeah, I think just a lot of people wanted to get involved, and Abrams is like, yeah, I can put you in this scene. Uh, there was some composer that he had worked on a bunch, I think, from his lost days. Okay. And he couldn't use them because it's Star Wars. And the guy's like, uh, I, I've been doing all your films. I've been doing you all, all these favors. He's like... I'll make oh, you a right. stormtrooper. You want to be a stormtrooper? You should be a stormtrooper. Is J.J. Abrams the Wizard of Oz? Like, is he the king of of all entertainment now? Like, especially like pop science fiction stuff. Oh, yeah. how was how was J.J. Abrams not involved in Warcraft? <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe with the sequel, he'll come in. Um, yeah, in ten years later. All right, so I'm talking about shifts in tone and motive, weird shifts in tone, dude. Weird, <laughs> weird shifts in tone in this movie. And motiva- going back to the motivation thing, there's one scene between Lothar and, and Gormora or Gamora or whatever the mm-hmm. crap her name is that starts with him being Lothar has just lost his son. He's in this Im- intense emotional pain, and then it gets weirdly sexual like that. There's no motivation for that other than the fact that he's attracted to green-toothed, underbitten orcan creatures. There's not enough to establish that sexual tension to come right on the heels of his son dying. I'm, I'm familiar with what it means to go through a personal loss like that, and I can't imagine getting horny in a for She-Hulk, for anybody or anything. It doesn't. It, it, that's not a human reaction. I. And it wasn't fully full on sex. It was just like weird. Okay, let's establish this sort of 
weird tension between them. And, oh, see, so I think they've been hinting at that from much earlier in the film. Right, but they, and they then felt the need to keep playing it up. Here, you've lost your son. Let's sort of here suck on my tusk. But it's also he's surprised to lose his son. They've lost eighteen of their twenty-one legions. Yeah, I don't know if he's surprised. his son's a warrior. I'm, I'm like you should have come to terms that your son's probably going to die pretty soon. Yeah. I, 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 I think he's, I, I don't, I don't think he's surprised. I think he's pissed. Did Medivh do that on purpose? No, not the way they set it up in the movie, but I don't know what, the because later on, I thought they were going to hint is. that, Oh, you purposely put the wall there and cut my son off for me. I think they did do that when he comes to the war, to the war room afterwards, Medivh shows up and they're like, yeah, we but Medivh has guys. gone full evil at that point. And He's but, had his transformation But he doesn't between. know that. Uh, sorry, yeah. Lothar doesn't know that. But Medivh is full on evil and he's got to get rid of Lothar. So he kind of picks that fight and picks at that wound. But before he went full evil and he put up that lightning wall, did he do that on purpose? I'm not sure. There's some ambiguity there. And I don't think it's purposeful ambiguity on Duncan Jones's part. Well, that's the central flaw of of the movie's motivations itself is that things, things like that are inexplicably left out. Like what, what is the main motivation for Medivh to help the orcs? That's not a small detail. That's, that's like a small detail is why did, uh, Khadgar leave his, leave his training and they leave that out so that you can fill in the blanks later. Or maybe you can come back to it. Medvive or Medivh, Medivh helping the orcs is a, an essential plot point to this particular movie. And it's not, it's not even, it, it, there's no clarity as to why he's done that. Oh no, clearly. Uh, it's the green having stuff. No you, sh- you see the green eyeballs and you know, since he's a wizard, he's going to be an evil wizard because his beard isn't long enough. Okay, it's a movie trope. The shorter the wizard beard, the more they're going to be evil. That, the longer the beard, you're saying, the nicer the you're wizard. You're saying, did you know that this guy was going to be evil? I'm Boom. saying, yeah, I knew that. I, th- 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 that's it's clear. That's kind of sad, too, because... Beard gave it away. <laughs> it's sad, though. It's sad that the, that the trope is so apparent, and they go, ooh, there's one character over here that's helping these orcs get onto this side. Ooh, it has to... Who else could it be? A more interesting sort of plot would have been if it's... If it's that guy's uh, wife, if it's uh, the other girl from Preacher, oh, the, Ruth the Nega? queen, yeah, Ruth Nega. If if the queen is the one that's helping him out, right, or if it's uh, Lothar himself or something like that, the fact that it's Medivh is sort of lazy and stupid. But you said, oh yeah, you see that there's green in his eyes; they flash. That, but when no, he casts but... his first spell, it's green, and the other wizard dude the mage is like oh that's weird that shouldn't happen but that that doesn't his color is blue <laughs> okay the color coding i guess is important color theory it's is a major clear. part of analyzing film <laughs> that's fine well it's not clear it's not clear as a motivation it's clear that this guy is evil but it's not clear why he's evil and what happened. i read somewhere that he's possessed by a demon the power compels him. <laughs> it's bs that's P.S. Man, uh, Medivh's motivations are essential to the are essential to the central conflict of the movie, and for it not to be to not even be referenced is is it's sad. It's it, and it's a, it's a, it's a downpour. Or uh, uh, you know, small. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. And then the other thing is, I I already mentioned the fact that Jones said he didn't want to follow the old fantasy trope of humans good, monsters bad. I'm hard pressed to see that where you straight, straight, straight away from that. That's exactly what I feel. This movie's like orcs are bad. Humans are good. Our two protagonists, orcs do everything they can to save their child. And that's the other thing. And it's Gul'dan, just survival. Gul'dan saves Duritan's child by doing the thing that Duritan doesn't like that he's doing. I think if, I don't care who you are. I think there's going to be some allegiance to the person that saved your child's life. Goldan saves Durden's child by sucking the life force from an innocent deer. Once someone saves your son's life, it's hard pressed. I'd be hard pressed to to conspire against him. Why does he have that crisis of conscience? All of because a he sees that he's poisoning the land. There's a huge right. discussion between those two orcs when they're on the hilltop. I get it. They spend five minutes bashing us over the it. head. I just don't believe it. How? <laughs> okay, but you can't right. say it's a problem. You could say it's not believable, but they did put that in the film. So that what you they can didn't put along. in the film is how did 
the how did Black Hand get to the secret meeting between Duratan and Lothar? Because Orgrim sold out Doratan. Okay, so that was Orgrim Doomhammer, which they should have just been calling him Doomhammer the whole time. Uh, okay, so that was clear. That's that that's that was clear. Yeah, because there's a scene later on where Orgrim is promised all this stuff because he sold out his race. All right, so and then the... he runs and sees, oh no, they're all being killed and slaughtered. Uh, okay, I, I, did you fall asleep during? Uh, I should I have did. asked you that. Did you uh, fall asleep during this film? Of course, I did. Okay. Right before the raid, yeah. It's all starting to connect now for me. Maybe that point... There's like a 15-minute section of this film where you're like, they're not clear on stuff. And I'm like, all this happened in like the same 15, 20 minutes. I blame the movie. I think someone took a little nappy. I blame the movie for not keeping me awake. That's Uh, a problem with the movie. (laughs) The parts that I did see... thinking there was a nappy from about 35 to 55 minutes. (laughs) If you're looking at the time codes. Whatever. You said his motivation was green. Nappy. You said his and color theory is important. You for could tell he was motivation. evil because he had the green magic. That doesn't say why green he's magic. evil. That doesn't say why he's evil. The magic compels him. All right. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is not to do with spoilers. Do we have to talk about the movies anymore? <laughs> no. We, we can be done. Let's talk about the movie in a general sense. What do you think about the difference between, or, you know, the genre, the, the adaptation form of it? What do you think about the difference in adapting a book like Lord of the Rings and adapting a video game and why there seems to be a problem with that because I have some thoughts on that. I don't know that they've really figured out how to adapt these type of books for movies. I mean, arguably the... You mean these types of games? Well, this genre. Right. Just fantasy. If if we just start there, I think the best adaptation of fantasy fantasy. is um, Game of Thrones, but they have 60 plus hours to work with. Lord of the Rings apparently has pissed off a lot of people because it's not a faithful enough adaptation. Uh, the Hobbit, especially. Ugh, that's horrible. Well, because they're not faithful enough and they change stuff around, even though you know they are working within time constraints. It's hard to tell such a deep story in only two hours. With video games now being 20 plus hours and something like this, a massive multiplayer online experience where people have been playing it for 10 plus years, how can you sum up the total of that in two hours. Yeah, it's tough. I would say almost impossible. Yeah. But there's also a difference in terms of passivity, if that's even a word, of the audience. It is now. It might as well be. Uh, I'm thinking about something that you've told your classes. I think at one point, the, the story is kind of funny. You said, when I read a book, I imagine a movie in my brain. And one of your students said, that's not fair. <laughs> Uh, but that that does happen for a lot of people and with a book you're at you're sort of at the mercy of what the author has decided but it's already been decided for you um the next page is already written but you're required to as a as an audience you're sort of required to actively create a movie with your imagination out of the text it seems like with a video game what my understanding of the video game was is that you're responsible for creating the story with your decisions and there's a degree of passivity with respect to the visual aspect of it. You, you're, it's the visual is already there for you. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything to create the visual. So your imagination uh, has already established this is what it looks like in a book. Your imagination establishes that. And then you can see if it's recreated or not in a movie. Whereas with a video game, the visual th- element is already there. And... You're designing the story in a way. I mean, I th- I didn't know that these were characters like Lothar. I, I guess it just never occurred to me that they had a character arc and a story and a backstory and all that stuff and that they've interacted with themselves in different ways because to me, I thought it was always like you go into uh, a village and there's a you have to buy something from some dude in the corner and then in order to get that thing that he wants, you have to go kill a thousand rats or something. So you have to go get the magic rat catcher oh, animal, and then yeah, no, this stuff now is you're much more invested in the characters. But I didn't realize that there is a sort of a a plot to each of these stories that you can follow. So I don't know. I, I that's that's what occurred to me when I was thinking about the difference in adaptation. But in terms of its being uh, fantasy, I'm not really sure. Like epic fantasies, I'm not sure that there are any really good ones out there dark you, crystal yeah see Willow? I know our friend uh 
the koala. <laughs> he's been a part-time host, or he's done that. Mr. Lumsden. Mm-hmm. He's big on the Dark Crystal, but I've seen it since. You know, yeah, I'm an adult, and it doesn't do it for me. Doesn't hold up. Willa, not so much either. Uh, Dragonheart. Is that the one with Sean Connery? Connery? Yeah. And Dennis Quaid? Yeah. Don't remember anything of it. Aragon? I know it was a book series. Another dragon thing? Mm-hmm. The best dragon movie is Reign of Fire <laughs> with uh, Matthew McConaughey and who's the other guy? Christian Bale. That's great. Great movie. But does it does that qualify as fantasy? Like epic fantasy? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's more in the Game of Thrones. Isn't it sci-fi? Isn't it set in the future or something? Yeah. Sci-fi kind of? But I mean, it, it's more based in reality, I guess. So, uh, I, I don't know. I think fantasy, it's a hard genre to nail. Yeah. But now that the Avatar promise has come true, you know, the ability to put whatever you want up on the screen. The Avatar promise. This is what I told you eight, nine years ago with Avatar. And you can make whatever movie you want. You can go to whatever world you want. Now it's a function of can you put enough material up on the screen, enough information, uh, good enough reasons uh, for characters to do what they do. Isn't... Is James Cameron the the Donald Trump of movie making in that he's he can do the next seven sequels for Avatar with all of his own movie or money and it doesn't matter if they're good or not they're going to get out there and my comparison to Trump is he can spend millions of dollars of his own money to run for president and then he's if he doesn't win it's still I I don't know why you're not excited to see Avatar two when arguably James Cameron is the greatest. I'll tell you. I'll tell sequel you why. director ever. I'll tell you why. Avatar one. Okay. He's the greatest sequel director ever. Terminator two and Aliens are arguably the greatest two sequels ever made. I'm still waiting for this the sequel to Titanic. Icebergs Revenge. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, that's the show. Sweet. Sweet meat. <laughs> Yeah. Warcraft. Um, if you saw Warcraft, you should write into the show. Let us know what you think about it. Next week, we're not sure. We might be doing Finding Dory. We might be doing Central Intelligence. We might be doing Clown. Clown. So uh, let us know what you want us to review. That could help sway our votes. Yeah, because we have no plan here at the last yeah. <laughs> So uh, thank you for joining me, LJ. Thank you, um, Mr. Uh, Two Frames. Uh, there be dragons. Pox at bottom, everybody. you going to the movies this weekend let laugh know what you saw send in your review by emailing the show at the laugh podcast at gmail.com tweeting at the laugh podcast or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the laugh podcast the best comments will get read on a future show 